Onyx Hunt is our go-to solution for anything mapping related, whether we're at the house or in the field, whether we're using the tracking feature in order to kind of figure out exactly where we're going in and out of the woods, to also implementing the new cell camera feature where you can actually link your different cell cameras that you may have from different brands and be able to get all those photos sent directly through the Onyx app where you can actually see them on your maps and be able to go through all your photos right there in one place. You can use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout and save 20% on your Onyx Onyx membership. Onyx has been extremely helpful for us the last six years, and I'm sure it'll be helpful for you. So know where you stand with Onyx. The Defender ST is a brand new micro red dot from Vortex Optics. You need to check it out for this turkey season. I just got my hands on one of these bad boys. It's a three MOA dot, super low profile red dot sight that weighs just 1.5 ounces with the battery. I started running a red dot on my turkey gun a couple years ago. It really helps with sight picture. It helps me stay focused on the target and see exactly what I'm aiming at. So, you know, my shotgun bead's not covering up the whole bird. And it also makes it easier when I'm taking other people who are maybe less familiar with the shotgun. Anyone can pick up a red dot and immediately know exactly how to use it. And I especially like this one because it has a battery runtime of 25,000 hours. This is an ultra durable red dot sight with an anodized aluminum body that protects it against anything that you can throw at it in the turkey woods. And I'm highly abusive to my gear in the turkey woods, so I'm excited to have a, a beefed up, really tough red dot sight like this on my shotgun. Y'all can go check them out at vortexoptics.com. And hey, if you want to order this or any other Vortex product and get a discount, go to midwayusa.com and use the promo code southern for a discount on your order again that's promo code southern for a discount on any vortex product from midwayusa.com meadow creek mounts is your go-to mounting option for red dots on your turkey shotgun and one of my favorite features about this mount is you don't have to drill and tap your shotgun in order to mount a red dot onto your shotgun i personally have used this mount the last two seasons and it's worked extremely well for me one thing i personally like about it is because it's so low onto the barrel when it mounts to the rib of your shotgun it allows for a very natural head positioning when shouldering your gun also an advantage of using a red dot compared to maybe just a traditional bead on your shotgun is you get a much more clear view of the turkey and you're able to kind of see what else is around there and making sure you're perfectly on that bird. Now if you're interested in giving Meadow Creek Mounts a try you can go over to the website meadowcreekmounts.com and use the code southern at checkout to be able to save 10% on your order. Hey everybody welcome to the first Strut Report of 2020. We're starting the Strut Report a little bit later than normal this year, uh, mainly because of uh, the later season openings. And uh, I think Florida opened later, and I know Alabama opened later. So we pushed it back like a week from when we normally do it. I know we had a lot of people asking about it. So this is going to be the first installment of the Strut Report. Uh, right now we're going to get some updates from across Alabama, pretty much north to south, um, and then also central Georgia down to central Florida. So we've got a, a pretty big variety of places that we're going to be talking about. Um, it's been a very eventful week of turkey hunting. If you're in Alabama, you've probably heard that it's it's shaping up to be a pretty good season. Uh, we had some really good hatches over the past couple of years, so there's a lot of birds out there, a lot of gobbling action, a lot of people have been having a lot of success. So at the end of this strut report, this one ran a little bit longer than we normally do them because... We did a, a little questionnaire thing on Instagram a couple weeks ago asking about what you guys wanted to hear for turkey season. And we had a surprising amount of beginner turkey hunters 
putting in questions. So at the end of the podcast, um, me and a special guest go over all of that stuff. Um, where we're going to be talking about, you know, kind of basic turkey hunting stuff to some, some turkey hunting tips that we've learned over the years. I mean, we're by no means experts, but we're not beginners. So uh, we answer some stuff like um, our best turkey hunting tips, you know, basic stuff like basic turkey biology kind of stuff. Um, my guest, Mark, he's actually a biologist, so he has some pretty cool facts on turkeys that you're going to want to hear. And then uh, also we talk about things like public land ethics is a big one. Like how much space should you give someone who maybe beats you to a gate or other situations on public land. Um, roost hunting, you know, big mistakes we've made over the years. So a lot of good stuff for beginner turkey hunters. So I'm going to ask all of you listeners out there, do us a solid. And uh, please share this with a buddy. You can either share this on Facebook, Instagram, however, you know, give us a shout out on there or just text it to a buddy or maybe put it in a group chat text uh, with all your buddies and be like, hey, this uh, there's some turkey hunting stuff on here. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so if you like hearing about turkey hunting and you got friends who like hearing about turkey hunting, we'd really appreciate it if you guys could share it. Uh, that would mean a lot to us. That, that's an enormous help. So. Like I said, if you uh, if you can give us a shout out on social media or share us with a buddy, especially this uh, specific episode because we we really tried to cater this towards somebody getting into turkey hunting uh, with some of the questions that we asked. Um, I think it'd be pretty helpful for someone trying to get into turkey hunting. So if you know a new turkey hunter, please share it with them because I, I really do think this would be helpful. Um, some of the questions that we're going to be going over this year on the Strut Report, gobbling activity, morning versus afternoon, um, response to locator calls, are the gobblers responding very well? Are they hinned up? And if they are hinned up, when are they breaking up? What, and here's the, here's the most important one. And, uh, this is, I think a listener submitted, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure that somebody submitted this. What kind of places are strut reporters finding turkeys in the middle of the day? So we're talking about post fly down that awkward period where it's kind of dead. You're kind of waiting for something to heat up the turkeys are pitching down where are they going to what do they want to find and we got some really cool interesting answers on that that are, are pretty enlightening so i think you guys are going to enjoy that if you have any questions you want us to add to the strut report please write us in uh and you know let us know um if you listen to us a lot you know we don't normally do intros so we're not going to normally do an intro like what i'm doing right now on the strut report i'm only doing it because this is the first one of the year which we're excited about uh so yeah you guys um Make sure you share it with a buddy. Make sure you tune in on Monday for the full episode. Hear about the two turkeys that I have killed this week somehow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're going to have a great episode for you Monday. Share it with a buddy. Uh, and write us in. You know, let us uh, let us know what you think about this episode. And give us uh, guest suggestions. You know, if you know somebody who's good for the strut report, tell us who they are. Put us in contact with them. We'll try to get them on. Keep you guys up to date. And I keep rocking and rolling through turkey season, but uh, I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy out there, and I hope everyone has a great turkey season. So now let's jump into the first strut report of 2020. All right, everybody, first up, I got Mr. Matt Ryan from South Alabama. Matt, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everyone, you know, the general area that you hunt? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, like you said, my name's Matt Ryan. I'm uh, kind of a transplant. I moved down here to Alabama from Arkansas several years ago. Just for work, um, just kind of hit all across kind of the southern half of the state. Um, just kind of if one area slows, I'll jump over to another public piece and see if we can't just try to find some hot birds here and there, depending on what's going on. So it's not really one specific spot of hunt. It's just kind of a broad region we'll jump around on. Awesome. Cool. Um, so down there where you're at, I understand you killed a bird this morning, right? Or you called one up at least? 
Yeah, the um, there's, an, there's an older gentleman that I met a couple of years ago that I spent um, quite a bit of time kind of hunting with. He's kind of turned in one of those both job and kind of outdoor kind of mentor friend kind of relationships. And um, we actually tried real hard last year to get it done together and just didn't work out with some unfortunate multiple bad air ball misses kind of kind of deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, because we've been hunting in the mornings the best we can together. Um we got in and set up on a couple birds this year together already and shot one together open in the morning um, and then went in together and I called one up for him this morning. Um, and boy, let me tell you, that bird was hot on the roost. It came right in about two minutes after hitting the ground. <laughs> Heck yeah. That, man, that's the kind of hunt that, that we all love to have. That's what that's what we uh, wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning all the time for right there. Oh, oh yeah. I think I think he pulled the trigger. I looked at I looked, when I. I ran, stepped on, the, stepped on that bird's neck, and I looked at my phone standing there. I think it read like six twenty nine. Oh wow! Dang on. Yeah. I thought I, <laughs> so. I killed one. I guess Monday or Tuesday. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. I'll have to give the full story on Monday. But I killed one uh, someday this week, the twenty third, and then I killed another one this morning, and I killed both of them at like seven a.m. And then I looked at my phone, I'm like, well, dang, what am I going to do for the rest of the day? <laughs> like, I had the whole day set aside. <laughs> but, um, yeah. so getting into it, uh, so you, you just, right now you're on your way home from uh, roosting some turkeys, right? Yes, yeah. We, um, like I said, this morning we, we went in and we, we shot that bird but while we were um, just kind of listening. We, uh, we heard another one kind of several hundred yards on the side of a creek off, um, hitting real hard just right off the bat real early um so i went in and we're me and joe once again hunting together we're gonna go in and try to kill him in the morning um and it's a spot that i'd personally never kind of been into so i just want to kind of get a better lay of the land know what to expect um so i went in just to kind of see if i can find any sign potentially roost him you know if luck worked out um potentially kill him if he could you know kind of just stroll on by on the way to roost but um find a little bit of sign um not much, but still, you know, a lot of information I can take away from that because we know kind of where he's not at during the day or in the mornings. Um, I feel like off what we found. So, yeah. Um, hopefully, we can get it done in the morning. So, going off of that, what has the gobbling activity been like in your area, both morning and afternoon? Um, I've hunted every morning since, since it opened last Saturday. Um, and I've heard birds gobble every single morning. Um, but what I've seen is the trick is, is they start. Um, about 620-ish, give or take a couple minutes, and they'll gobble for about 20 to 30 minutes tops, max. Um, as soon as they have a hen get in with them, they're, they're done gobbling. Um, I th- and I, think, I don't think the hens are roosting too far off of them right now from the birds we've been on um, because it doesn't take long for them to, to stop gobbling. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they've been, they've been hot. We're hearing a lot of birds, but they're just not gobbling very, very long. So once you hear one, you better you better move pretty quick to get set up on him. Um, not only to move in and keep him located, but um, just to beat the hens to him before they before they get on him as well. Yeah, uh, are they like real responsive to locator calls right now? Just regular owls and crows and all that. To be honest, I couldn't tell you. I haven't I haven't used a locator call in probably three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, um, I'm in the I'm in that bus that boat of let, letting them wake up and. Even throughout the day, um, hunting public land, um, not just since I've moved down here, but my entire life, I've never had great luck um, with locator calls just because so many people are, are using them. So I, just, I really don't use them much, so I can't really truly answer the question, Yeah, I guess. 
Yeah, I, and that's not really like a super like I guess useful question for most people. Uh, for most people listening, but I've, I was curious because I've been crowing and hooting and doing all kinds of stuff for like four weeks, and I have not had the first turkey gobble at it. So it's getting a little depressing. But uh, yeah. So moving up from that, what about the hens? So are your birds staying hinned up pretty much all day, or is there a time that they're breaking up? Um, there. I've been real blessed and fortunate to where um, most of my hunts that this year haven't really gone too late in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ones that have kind of gone off in the day, um, you know, like I said, those hens are getting on them real fast right at daylight when they when they start gobbling in the trees. Um, and every now and then, um, I think it's been two mornings um, so far that about between 10, sorry, 9.30 to 10, somewhere in there, um, we may get one or two gobbles off of a bird um, when those hens start slipping off. But they shut up real quick with either other hens um, linking back up with them or those same hens that were slipping off, um, kind of easing back to them. So I don't know. I don't know what that's saying as far as where the breeding cycles at and everything for Alabama. But when we do have one gobble late in the morning when the hens start slipping off, they usually shut up pretty quick. Okay. Um, so I know you said that you, most of your hunts haven't gone in the middle of the day, but uh, – at least from your scouting and maybe your past experience in the areas you're hunting, what kind of areas are you finding the turkeys hanging out during like kind of that midday, maybe afternoon period? Like where, where are they gravitating towards? Um, not just this year, but like, like mainly based off of our um, last couple of years. Cause that's actually when I've killed a, a vast majority of my birds down here in Alabama was after the one o'clock time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll find them one or two places and really flat kind of young um, pine cutovers or clear cuts that are about eight to 10 years old. Um, something tall enough. It's really easy for them to walk, but it's kind of hard to see through at the same time. Um, just from their kind of eyesight, they can get through real easy and strut and do their thing. Interesting. Um, or I'll find them in, um, in down in Creek bottoms. Okay. One of the two just late afternoon. All right. Now, last question. Uh, what is your best tip to the listeners for them to go out and smack a bird this weekend um as far as overall um it seemed to be a a real repetitive um kind of theme that i've heard the last you know year but being patient overall um but as far as specifically related with what i'm seeing currently and hearing currently with birds is when you when you find one that's gobbling you better get set up on him quick or you're gonna miss your chance okay What, what do you mean by that exactly uh, like a, a hen's going to grab him or something? Yeah, just hens will get in before um, you can get to him or he'll hen up. And so just, in, like I said, the, the birds we've shot, um, the two that we've shot off roost, um, we set up anywhere from 75 to about 125 yards off of them. Um, and they not much calling, just enough to let them know that, that we were there. Um, and that was it. And that when they hit the ground, they came right into us. But if we if we could get... Once again, if the live hens got to them, it was game over. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, well, Matt, man, we really appreciate it, and I wish you great luck going forward in the season. Thank you, sir. Wish y'all luck, too. All right, next up on the line, we got Mr. William Rozier. We actually had Mr. William on for a deer hunting episode uh, back for uh, Eglin Air Force Base, that special hunt down there. That was a cool episode. And now we got him back on for the strip report. So, Will, how you doing, man? 
Hey, brother, how's it going, man? Y'all doing all right? Yeah, doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Opening week of turkey season. I got some in the freezer. That doesn't usually happen for me, so uh, I'm doing great. How about you? Yeah, thank the Lord. He he let us see it one more time, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I thank the Lord for two-year-olds. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah, yeah they, they put on a show for me the other day um but you gotta you gotta love two-year-olds oh no doubt so why don't you uh tell people kind of where you're from and the area that you're reporting on okay i live uh pretty much close to okie swamp in south georgia um and i hunt both north florida and south georgia down pretty much central florida central georgia um the the birds here have been pretty much hinned up as of lately. Uh, they haven't really got the gobbling good until the first week of the season. Um, and that's pretty much on both sides of the border here uh, within 100 miles uh, from either side. Um, they're, they're really getting ramped up this week. Uh, and it's it's probably going to be on coming this weekend coming. So yeah, awesome. So so what is your gobbling activity like right now? Uh, right now it's getting really good on the roost. Uh, they last weekend uh, I, I scouted up three weeks, pretty much really hard to the first day of the open in Florida season, which for some reason didn't open to the twenty first this year, which is the same day as Georgia opener which usually every year Florida opens one week before uh, Georgia does, or North Florida, excuse me, um, opens one week before Georgia. But this year they both opened at the same time. So um, I scouted uh, several managed marriages in South Georgia and uh, private land in North Florida and a couple YMAs up here. And uh, the birds were really tight-lipped. They gobbled three or four times on the roost, and then they would fly down by – 720, 740, uh, you know, it, it's over. You don't hear nothing. And I was sitting till 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the afternoon and hadn't heard another gobble. Uh, oh, well. Wow. It kind of changed. That morning uh, from one spot, we heard eight different birds gobble within, you know, a quarter-mile radius around us. Uh, crystal clear, you could hear, you know, a long way, so we heard eight birds. Uh, they gobbled on the limb. They flew down. They gobbled on the ground. Um, and they gobbled up. We left the woods at 1.30, uh, and they were still gobbling. Um, and and we were sitting there with my wife's bird. She killed one Sunday. And uh, we were just sitting there relaxing in the shade with them, and they were still birds gobbling all the way around us. So, And I've talked to about... 19 to 20 different hunters this week and everybody it is it is on fire right now um almost everybody i know has killed a bird um this week that last weekend or this week and uh i mean is you know the population is supposed to be down but you know this is the most gobbling i've heard in several years and uh the amount of turkeys that's getting killed this early uh, there's, there's been a very good hatch last couple of years. So the population is up and they're, they're gobbling good right now. Yeah. We're definitely seeing the same thing here. It has been, I've never, ever seen like this much, at least in my own friend groups, this much success this early, including myself. I've never killed two, two gobblers in opening week of season. So 
uh, this has definitely been like a noticeably better year than the last couple of years. But with that being said, what about hinned up birds? You mentioned they were pretty hinned up. Um, what's that looking like right now? And if they are staying hinned up, are they staying hinned up all day or are they breaking up at, you know, certain times a day? Uh, last week they were, I, I could say they were hinned up because they would gobble, hit the ground and shut up. Uh, that usually tells me that the birds have hens and them not to gobble. Usually, you know, you can get that bird to gobble between, you know, 930 and 1030, maybe 11 o'clock uh, after the hens leave him. And they never gobbled all, all the way up to almost lunchtime. So that tells me that the hens were still with them. And sometime this weekend, last weekend, Saturday, Sunday, maybe even Monday, I think things started to change. Most of the hens started to be bred. Um and the bird that we got on Sunday uh, come from a long way, was right by itself. Uh, and we, I guess we were in his strut zone. Uh, I'd, I'd found him there, you know, a couple weeks ago. And he's been there like clockwork almost every day. So I didn't know which bird it was because there were several birds gobbling. But uh, th- this bird come a long way and got in there to us and didn't have any hens. Uh, like I said, we killed that bird and we sat there till almost lunchtime and we still heard birds gobbling at 12 o'clock. Yeah. So, um, that tells me that the hens are pretty much bred. They're just hanging out with them or they're flying down, maybe breeding them again and leaving really early. So, yeah. Um, so moving on from that after initial fly down, I think this is one thing a lot of people, myself, especially myself included, kind of struggle with is after that initial fly down period, when kind of things die off for the morning and the, and the turkeys go do their thing, what kind of areas are you seeing them gravitate to in that kind of mid-morning to mid-afternoon time period? Okay, well, let me let me start off one thing. I'm I'm in the deep south down here, and uh, we haven't had freezing temperatures in uh, probably almost a month now. Mm-hmm. Uh, last Thursday, it was 97 degrees. Oh, wow. So when these birds, these birds are flying down, uh, they're not sticking around long by 9, 30, 10 o'clock. They're in the shade somewhere. Um, and, and that's in these big woodlots. You know, around here, it's mostly, you know, uh, timberland, uh, you know, logging and they they get in these woodlots and or in the swamps and where there's shade and it's cooler uh, to get out of the direct sunlight. Um, and I've talked to several people all the way through Central Florida, South Florida. They're they're saying the same thing. Nine thirty, ten o'clock, turkeys are disappearing. And if you get them to gobble, they're they're in some kind of woods in the shade. So uh, definitely they're they're getting out of the open areas. And we haven't had any rain. So uh, the birds ain't been hanging out in the fields too much either. So, Awesome. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's the exact kind of thing I was looking for there. So look for those shady pockets of trees. Now, for you, would that look like uh, maybe like a hardwood stand, like an oak hammock type thing, uh, maybe not necessarily planted pines that are open? Am I on track well, there? Down here, you know, they, they, they log extensively. So these pine trees don't get much older than, you know, 20, 22 years old before they're cut. So uh, a lot of the places is clearance, and if there's anything left standing, then it's, 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 it's wetlands, you know. Uh, it's either swamps or cypress or, you know, hardwoods. Um, but these these birds have been hanging out in, in anything with shade, Um 
I had we had one bird gobble a couple weeks ago uh, at 12 o'clock, and he was right in the middle of the biggest briar patch in in a set of pines I have ever seen. I tried to get to him on three sides just to see where he was, and I couldn't even get to him. I don't know if he was just hunting shade to get out of the heat. And uh, like I said, that that week there was pretty hot. It was 95 to 97 degrees every day. So um, I, I really don't think it matters if he can find a good area to strut and it's not in the direct sunlight. You know, by the time it gets midday, uh, he's he's under some trees somewhere in some shade. Awesome. Uh, now to close us out here, what is your best tip that you got to give to the listeners for them to go kill a bird this weekend? Uh, my best tip is get where the bird wants to be. Uh, do a lot of scouting. You know, usually first of the season, these birds will gobble a little bit. And if you can get them, you know, to respond, you know, uh, you know, that, that late afternoon or late morning, I mean, uh, you know, between, you know, nine and, and noon, you can tell where he wants to be. And usually he's going to be in that area almost every day. And if you can get in there that morning, close to that bird, uh, between him and where he wants to be or where his strut zone is, uh, your your percentage raises drastically. Because um, that bird is going to fly down, and, and even if you call to him, he might not come to you. He's going to go to where his strut zone is, and he's going to gobble because he knows his worth, and uh, he knows that that hen's supposed to come to him. She yelps, he gobbles, and she goes to him, so... Find where that bird wants to be at, find his strut zone, and uh, get there before he does. Awesome. Man, we appreciate it, uh, and I wish you good luck going into this weekend. I hope you knock down a few more turkeys. Yes, sir. I do, too. We uh, we got several trips planned, so we got a, we got a pretty packed turkey season this year. All right. For the uh, last trip report, I got my buddy Mark Turner from Hunt the Land. Mark, how are you? I'm doing all right. Not doing as well as you because I <laughs> haven't uh, – grabbed a turkey late yet this year but uh I, I can't complain too much it's spring haven't uh haven't gotten the corona yet so yeah it's all good <laughs> yeah that is real good so yeah <laughs> hey well maybe maybe these last few days which for every, for everybody listening me and mark have been hunting together since season opened and we've hunted uh how many times have you hunted like i've like, hunted every day it's been open so what are we on now day five yeah five six? i think day five i think Something like that. I think I missed two days. So opening day we hunted, did not even hear a turkey. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, today's day six. So Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've hunted six days. So I've killed two turkeys so far. (laughs) And interestingly, I killed them on the only two days I did not hunt with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, feeling a little little hurt about that, but it's fine. Uh, Really gives me a lot of confidence for the rest of the season considering we've like talked about plans for <laughs> continuing to hunt together so yeah <laughs> well so, hey this is this is just like my payback because i was all jealous of you in deer season because you killed like three bucks like like you were done deer hunting like a month before season went out <laughs> yeah this is true yeah it was uh i, I couldn't stay out of the woods so i ended up just following you around with a camera which apparently a lot of good that well we got a doe on video i shouldn't i shouldn't say a lot of good that did but yeah we got um, a great doe on video and we got a we saw a bunch of freaking bucks too yeah listen you you stick to calling turkeys and i'll uh i'll stick to calling deer because apparently (laughs) apparently i'm better 
at uh, at doing that than you are. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt. And uh, if people are wondering about that, there's an episode somewhere in deer season that explains it. But we'll talk about uh, turkeys <laughs> for now. So turkeys. Um, I think our, our experiences in the turkey woods so far in Alabama have been about the same. Which, by the way, we're going to talk about like the gobbler activity and, and where we think the turkeys are hanging out and everything over the last six days that we've been hunting. But also I brought Mark on specifically to talk about some uh, like b- basics of turkey hunting uh, because we actually got a bunch of questions on Instagram, like a surprising amount of questions from our followers asking about beginner tips for turkey hunting, like super basic ground level, like how to turkey hunt. Um, so we're going to answer some of those hopefully for all you new people out there to help y'all you know, get your I thought you were bringing me on to ask beginner questions because clearly I don't know anything about turkey. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be asking you, the expert, how to kill turkey. <laughs> we, we we brought the greenhorn on, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I heard my first turkey this morning. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So you you heard your first turkey this morning. So how has your season been going so far? Oh man, uh, no, I I didn't hear my first one this morning. I heard my second, and then. Also, the uh, several more. So it's been pretty rough. Um, you know, you kind of talked about the opener. We went into a spot that we thought we had a, a bit of a plan going in and uh, Dude. ended up finding the day before a dead gobbler or at least his beard and a bunch of feathers, which that was kind of a kind of a bummer. Um, and then we ended up getting right underneath the hen, which I will say, I will give you grief about this, Andrew. This is twice that I've been hunting with you, and you have been picked off by a hen because you can't sit still when we're underneath them. <laughs> That's actually last true. Year, last year, I put Andrew uh, and myself right underneath the bird that was roosted, and uh, he, I mean, we're about, what do you think, probably 60 yards from the gobbler in the tree, 70 yards, something like that. Oh, yeah, we were But there was close. a hen that was like 10 yards from us, and Andrew was moving, and I'm just like, doing that whole whisper yell like don't move oh dude i'm completely andrew andrew could not hear me (laughs) i was completely oblivious she was she was so close she could have almost crapped on me she she was yep (laughs) yep funny the same thing the same exact thing happened opening day like you were trying to say something to me and i like shifted i completely i took my face mask off i like moved my butt trying to get comfortable and then i hear like and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's a turkey, like, right here somewhere. And I look up, and there she is. She's, like, right above us. And she's, like, she's doing the whole yeah, she was... head bob thing. She's like, what's that? What's that? What's that? What is that? <laughs> yeah. And then she just walked around on the limb for another probably half hour before flying down. We were both pretty sore at the, the end of that ordeal. But, yeah, um, yeah, that was that was kind of day one. It was very quiet. Um didn't even see or hear another turkey for the rest of the day. And we hunted no. until we did not come out of the woods until two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an ordeal, but, uh, you know, kind of chalk that up to bad weather, I guess at, at first. And then we got out of the woods and we're driving down the road and we're like, Oh no, what killed turkeys. It was just terrible. <laughs> and then like get on Facebook and Instagram, which if you've had a bad turkey on, I feel like that's the worst place to go. Definitely. Um, we start just scrolling. <laughs> it's just like, oh, cool. Like every person that we know that lives in the state of Alabama killed a turkey today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I felt like crap. That was, that was rough. That, that ride, that ride back to, uh, back to town was pretty, pretty brutal. So, uh, so yeah, we had that. And then, um, I guess day two, I had a, uh, 
I had a hen like walk in on me at like 10 yards. So that was, you know, that was pretty much the extent of my day two encounters again, pretty quiet. Um, I think like if I had to summarize basically what I think has been going on is I'm just hunting places that I'm not very used to that are a lot more pressured than the typical public spot that I go to. Um, and like I had, let's see here. I think I had like four different birds located before season and I hadn't been able to find any of them, um, on these two main parcels that we've been hunting. So, mm-hmm. um, makes it kind of tough, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and then day three came, which was the day that decided, oh, I don't, I'm going to hunt with someone else other than Andrew, which thank <laughs> goodness for Andrew. Cause he ended up killing a bird. Um, but I will say Andrew's a good guy. He, uh, heard a couple other birds that day and put me on them and I got I think we had that bird at about probably within 150 yards and he gobbled twice at owl hoots and then did not gobble at anything else that I threw at him yeah and sat on him for like an hour and a half never made another peep but just like the other two days I got within like 10 yards of a hen so um, I don't really know what's going on with all these lone hens. Um, I think part of it could just be these are very pressured properties that don't have that many gobblers. So, or at the very least they're getting shot, you know, pretty quick. So yeah, that could be some of what's going on there. Um, that's certainly not a situation where the hens are just breaking up and the gobblers are hammering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they were that morning here. for you, but I don't, I don't think in general that's what's going on yet. Well, so I'm I'll give the full story for the Monday episode, but the rundown, the first turkey I killed so far this season uh, is the one that Mark's talking about. And I got out there, and that joker, the first time he gobbled was like at 550-something, pitch black dark. And he gobbled like 150 times. I mean, he gobbled at least at least every once every like three to five minutes um, when he was still in the tree from that time until he pitched down at like, oh, he probably pitched down at about six. 645, Uh, And then he gobbled about once a minute or more as he came in. And, I mean, dude, right up in my face. So he was super fired up, along with his buddy who was roosted with him. Uh, his buddy left, and I think that that turkey is the one that you ended up hearing. Because I killed the, the one, the first turkey I heard. The one he was roosted with went up the holler, and you went up there and got on that one later that day. And I heard one more uh, that only gobbled twice that morning. So there's three turkeys in there for sure, but they just – that one was super, super talkative. The one that was with him was also pretty talkative. And then the third one wasn't very talkative at all. Uh, yep. That's been the kind of the, the name of the game for the last week. I mean. Yeah. And then the, 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 um, the interesting thing with that hunt was I went back to that same spot the next day. Um, the actual, well, no, we went back to that same spot the next day and did yep. not hear a peep. Nothing. Um, and I kind of chalk that up to, and I mean, again, this is, you know, um, I, I don't know if, I don't know how these are set up, Andrew, but, um, I study wildlife science. So, um, I'm a grad student at Auburn. So, and I, some of my work deals with, uh, turkey habitat management. Um, a lot of it deals with deer habitat, but I know some of the, you know, I'm kind of up to date on some of the turkey research. Um, and one of the interesting things is that from a lot of data, um, that's out there, um, with like GPS birds, um, that they're tracking, they found that gobblers really don't roost in the same spot every night. Um, and kind of what they think happens with like turkey hunters. Cause I mean, 
you know, I don't know about you, Andrew, but there's definitely spots where I can go and be like, there's probably going to be a turkey rooster there. Oh, yeah. Um, they think these are actually birds probably like shifting around. So it might be a different gobbler. Um, that's certainly not always the case. But, you know, the point is birds don't roost in the same spot every night. And so what I think might be happening is on these properties that are, you know, very high pressure, that essentially there's not as many turkeys um, and the habitat's pretty poor. So turkey numbers aren't that great on either of these properties um, that they're, they're good on one of the properties we've been hunting, but the, the main two that are, um, kind of where we've been focused, or at least I've been focused have not been, um, they're not real great. So there's not a super high Turkey density. Mm-hmm. So the takeaway is you add pressure to the fact that there's not a lot of turkeys that are going to fill in that spot where a bird's roosted. Um, I'm not going to say that you should just toss out the fact that, oh, I went here and heard a bird the day before. Um, certainly that would be foolish, but, you know, I, I think I think it's important to remember that, you know, if there's not a lot of birds in the area, you might not have birds there because the birds that were there the day before may have moved on and you may not have other birds that are moving in. So uh, I just think on those high-pressure properties, you know, to some degree what you learned the day before might not be that important. Um, yeah. Because like I say, you know, we had – or you had – three birds in there you killed one of them there were two left and i went back the next day and didn't hear a single one yeah or we went back the next day and didn't hear a single one yeah and especially in that spot we talked about it this week where you know in my mind's eye i basically picture there being like a flock of turkeys in there and there's a certain number of gobblers and a certain number of hens and it's kind of like a big ridge and and there's like two sides to it and i'm not going to describe too much but <laughs> But it's it's a several hundred acre area. It's on Kusa, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's an inside joke, folks. Um, so this is like a big roadless area, and I've been hunting it for three years, and I've killed two turkeys in there in the past. So, in in past years that I've hunted that, it's like I'll go to one side of the area, and if they're not in there, I can go to the other side and usually find them. And it seems like like exactly what you're talking about. They kind of. They kind of, and Shane Simpson talked about this too when we interviewed him. They kind of drift back and forth in there, it seems like. It's like one flock, and there's not like, there's not other turkeys coming in. Like when they leave the left side of the unit and go to the right side, there's not more turkeys filling in the left side. So it's like you go in there and it's just dead. I mean, totally, completely dead. You can't even, you can't buy a dang turkey. So, yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, I mean, you hate to chalk things up to luck because I, Ten, I mean, there's a lot of luck involved, but there's also a lot of, you know, knowing the area and being able to figure it out. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, if there's not birds there, you're not going to be able to work with it. And um, if you're not able to figure out where they were or where they went from the day before to the next day, um, it's kind of a kind of a bad spot to be in. So that that's one big, big thing that I've taken away. Um, and then I guess I'll kind of skip forward a little bit. Um, this morning, um, got the opportunity to go to some private property and... Uh, Birds were absolutely hammering. I mean, they were just very fired up. I think we heard three or four gobblers. Um, and this this is in South Alabama. Um, and ended up, they do what they typically do on a lot of private parcels that are, you know, within a pine plantation system. This property has a lot of clear cut on it. It's, uh, or actually, it's young forest that's just starting to grow up. You know, it's like three or four-year-old pines um, that's too too tall for turkeys to really get in very much and so the birds roost right on the creek there's a major hardwood drainage there 
and they fly right across the property line. So <laughs> I called, I called, and to make it even worse, there's a field in the bottom on the neighbors. So Ooh. there was one bird that flew right to that field and he just sat there and hammered and hammered and hammered. Um, so that, that was that. Private so, land problems. Needless to say, me and Andrew have been very amped up because, um, I mean, this isn't really given much away. Uh, there's, you know, there's several properties in Alabama. There's actually quite a few that open a week later than the opener of normal turkey season. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of like I've pretty much um, in the past, that's like the only place that I've really had any like success getting on birds and stuff like that. Um, so I'm very excited for Saturday, to say the least. I think my plans, um, you know, we've talked about hunting the, the last day before that happens. And then I think, uh, night before that i'm gonna go out and try to roost a bird for us to get on saturday morning heck yeah man yeah i'm i can't wait for those to open one because i can't wait to hunt a couple of them but two to get the spread the pressure out man i i was hunting some open property close to some of these wmas today where i killed that turkey i killed this morning and i told you about it gosh there's people i mean like and (laughs) freaking serious people too it's a thursday morning and they're out there parked at 5 a.m. at the gate, already standing outside of their trucks drinking coffee. I'm like, dang, like these yeah. guys, these guys wanted it more than me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's pretty, uh, it's been pretty interesting. Like the the number of people that we've been out seeing hunting. I mean, it's just crazy. Heck, I ran, I didn't even tell you this. Uh, the other day after we hunted um, on the foggiest, drippiest morning of the year. Um, I ran into two guys out on that property, just up hill of where you parked mm-hmm. that had a uh, mountain bikes. They were driving around hunting. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, like y'all are, y'all are pretty serious about this. Did they so, hear any? Uh, they said they heard one, which mm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we heard one a long ways off. So yeah, could have been off the property or uh, I don't know. I have no clue. Well, the general consensus right now, which uh, which our buddy Devin Duncan, who we interviewed two weeks ago, just came down from Virginia and hunted down here for a couple days, like five days, and he killed four turkeys, which is freaking crazy. I mean, dude, I'm so impressed with that. I don't even know what to do. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and then my buddy Wayne's been hunting up in that general area too, talking kind of east central Alabama. I've been hunting up there, um, and then I've got buddies who've been hunting central Alabama, and pretty much the consensus right now is everywhere is definitely having a very good year. Um, yeah. Which the, even the guys that we talked to in South Alabama and Georgia and Florida, I mean, pretty much everybody's saying we had a really good hatch. There's a lot of gobblers out there. Um, and I, I don't know. I've never, for me, I've never experienced a turkey season where, at least in my individual friend group, where so many people have killed turkeys right off the bat. I mean, my buddy Clay Colley, he I don't think he had killed a turkey before this year, and he's already killed two in opening week. Two big yeah. mature gobblers. The first one was a nice one, uh, yeah. probably a three-year-old gobbler, and he killed that on a central Alabama property that's really hard hunted. That I, Actually, I don't think I've killed a gobbler on that property, and I grew up there. So yeah. uh, that's super impressive. It's, it seems like it's shaping up to be a really awesome year. So hopefully the, the luck doesn't run out. <laughs> hopefully this, uh, this action that everybody's getting kind of continues on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, luckily you got guys like me to make, uh, make the rest of us feel a little better, but, uh, <laughs> I definitely, uh, I mean, I've, I've, like I say, I've hunted every day of the season so far, but, um, it's not really been on property that I know that well. And to be perfectly honest, like I've definitely been kind of 
pacing myself with, um, with how like long I hunt and things like that. Um, just, just because I know that the properties I'm hunting right now, like the two in particular that are, you know, most accessible for me, um, are both super hard hunted. There's not a ton of birds on and it's just hard for me to get excited about it whenever I know just a few days down the road, um, there's going to be some really great opportunities open up in, in the state. So, yeah. um, <laughs> it's just tough to go out and, you know, sit, you know, stay outside and run and gun until 11 or 12 o'clock whenever, you know, in a couple of days, that'll, that'll really pay off. Oh yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. Don't get, don't get burned out, you know, because yeah, the, the best is still yet to come. For sure. And I mean, the good, the good news is, um, kind of like what you were saying. I mean, which actually, I'm the, the property I was on is actually located close to where we're going to be on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And like I say, they were hammering. So I have no doubt that, you know, birds throughout the state are really turned on. It's just a matter of, um, unfortunately I've kind of put most of my eggs in that one basket. So, but still getting <laughs> out there, still enjoying it. Uh, hadn't, hadn't, you know, had too much success yet, but it'll happen eventually. The best is yet to come. Uh, yeah, I will say, Andrew, you broke my streak this year. Oh, the March 24th thing? Yeah, two years in a row, uh, on March 24th, I have called in a bird for someone else. And Andrew hunted with me that day. Yeah. So I maybe know. you're the bad luck. Charm, uh, it's not maybe, I, maybe I am. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, one of the guys I talked to earlier for this, I was telling him about the two hunts that just went down, which both of them were pretty crazy. Uh, but especially yeah. the second one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I killed this morning. He's like, man, you just used up a month's worth of luck on that one. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that being said, let's jump into real quick. Let's hit some of these, uh, beginner turkey hunter questions. So we got them through Instagram, uh, and, uh, we're going to read a couple of them off and try and run through them pretty quick here. First, I got to give my, <laughs> I got to give my buddy a shout out. Uh, gun dog it yourself it's run by my buddy nick adair he's a good dude y'all need to go listen to his uh his podcast especially if you're interested in any kind of upland game birds or waterfowl hunting uh anything with dogs they they do a really good job covering it and i think that he's talked me into getting a dang like german short hair pointer or something like that so Ooh. anyways yeah yeah so so we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see but he said uh can andrew take me hunting <laughs> Um, I can, but you probably won't kill anything because, like, man, I've killed two turkeys this week, and let me tell you, I'm pretty dang lucky with both of them, so we'll see if the streak continues. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest with myself here, especially the second one. My goodness. Um, all right, where are these questions at? Um, real real basic. Um, we'll, we'll start, like, super, super basic and move into some other stuff. So all right. one listener asked uh, – Mr. Josh Burnett, uh, he asked, um, turkey hunting basics. I mean, basic, how to turkey hunt differences between Jake and a Tom. You want to hit on a real quick difference between a Jake and a Tom and maybe like a Jenny and a hen and everything. Yeah. So just, just talking about like the different age classes. Yeah. Just, yeah. The differences between them. Yeah. So basically, um, whenever, uh, turkeys are born just to get like real real basic when they're first born they're considered poults and they can't fly for their first like two weeks of life um and then after that point they can fly and um they actually have a lot higher survival rate after they can fly so just kind of a biology side note it's really important getting them to that point um so whenever 
you get past that point um and really like typically people once you get to the about the fall um to winter people shift from calling them pults to calling them jakes and jennies depending on whether it's a male or female um so a jake is a young gobbler that or a young male that is going to have really short spurs i mean they're just little you know little but like quarter inch spurs yeah buttons is what a lot of people call them gonna have a short beard um i mean i have seen jakes with beards up to about six or seven inches but typically they're shorter than that and then really probably the best way to tell a jake from a adult bird is uh the tail fan so whenever you look at the tail fan the middle feathers will be longer than the feathers on the outside of the fan um, that's pretty pronounced i mean obviously if a bird's not strutting the beard's the best thing to look at um and then Jennies are just young, uh, young females, and then they turn into hens eventually. Um, I don't know what what else do you think I should cover with that? <laughs> uh, I mean that that about covers it. Uh, a lot uh, of times, I think it, one. Oh, ahead. what were you gonna say? I was gonna say usually like or sometimes at least Jakes have like a real weird sounding gobble. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna address that, but I was also gonna say that you can't always tell. So like typically that is true. Um, but you definitely cannot always tell, um, cause there actually, is such thing as a goblin Jake. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy I was hunting with today, get this. He, uh, last year he called in eight birds that were gobbling like eight total birds throughout the season. And they were all Jake's. Dang, that's why we're having such a good year this year. <laughs> yeah, and that was on properties Jakes. in Alabama and uh, South Carolina. So, wow, um, that'll that'll tell you something. Like, it, they definitely can gobble, but um, usually they're going to make more of a uh, uh, people call it caulking. It's like a chow 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 chow. chow. Yep. Um, so, so that's usually their version of a gobble. Yeah, um, yeah. They sound man. I'll tell you what. Goblin Jake comes up to me. I'm I'm not too man. I'm not afraid to crack a jank. Everyone. Oh heck no. I am. <laughs> I'll crack I'm a in need of some fried turkey breast. So, <laughs> uh, at this point in the season, it's it's probably fair game. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'm, one one comes like walking up to me, just you know, just moseying around, being a dumb Jake. He he's gonna live. But one comes in fired up, and I'm like, my heart's just pounding, and I'm super excited. Oh yeah, he's, he's probably not gonna make it. <laughs> so let me see. He also asked about basic turkey hunting, but before we do that, let's see. Um, um, let's see. Tips on moving on a turkey, when and how. Also, things to avoid doing. Huh. Um, tips on moving on a turkey. I mean, again, by no means we're not experts, but I, I would also say we're not beginners either. So I feel like we can speak on this. Um, tips on moving on a turkey. I guess mine would be if he's up in a tree and you've got really good cover, I would I would get pretty aggressive and try and move on him, you know, as much yes. as you possibly can. That's the only reason I killed that one on Tuesday is because he, he started gobbling and I'm in a swamp and there's privet and just crap everywhere. It's super thick. And, I mean, I covered 400 yards on this turkey without even having to really worry about him seeing me at all. And uh, I first heard him at, like, 400 yards, and I closed the distance to about 60. And that really sealed the deal. Because the whole idea, I guess, is you're trying to get in their quote-unquote bubble, which is, like, I don't know, 100, 125 yards. And once you get in that bubble where you're that close to them, it's a lot easier to convince them to come to you. Rather than, you know, like, hey, come 200 yards through this valley and cross this creek to get to me. 
You know, you want to make it easy for them to get to you. So that if they're in the tree, that's my tip. Um, other than that, I guess I would say like terrain and vegetation to your advantage. Uh, this is where squirrel hunting comes in handy because squirrel hunting teaches you how to move on critters. Uh, but w- what are your tips for that, Mark? Yeah, so I would just add um, for the in the tree thing, and this is something that, I mean, we've seen happen twice um, hunting the past two years. Like if it's dark, I mean, I'm not going to say you can go through like banging symbols or anything, but I mean, you can, uh, you can walk pretty much right underneath a, a turkey that's in a tree in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's certainly only pertinent really if you've roosted a bird. Um, I mean, if you get one gobbling at five in the morning, then yeah, that's, that's going to work. But, yeah. um, if you, if you've roosted a bird, um, you can certainly get up underneath them really easily. Um, another thing with that though is, uh, moving on turkeys like one of the best um one of the best things you can do and i think this is a big um i think this is a big one that's helped me a lot over the years is uh and we, we talked about this the other day actually you know not skylining yourself that, yes. that's a big one but um specifically i would say trying to get low to get underneath them now granted like you're trying to typically you know the, the, the typical advice is to try to get above the turkey to call them up to you um, and that does seem to work best. Now I've called several turkeys down to me as well. So, um, you know, it's not, it's not a fixed rule or anything like that, but, um, you can certainly move a lot easier, um, in lower areas. And the, the good thing too, is in a lot of cases, if you're in like bottomland hardwoods and stuff like that, um, right along the Creek is a lot of the time, uh, especially in that area where we were hunting the other day, um, it's grown up in like switch cane or, um, yopon or you know any number of shrubby plants that yeah it's going to make it a little harder for you to move but it's also going to give you some cover oh yeah um and that's really beneficial yeah man the turkey i killed this morning speaking about not skylining yourself uh the turkey i killed this morning you know to make like the long story short i heard him pitch down and instead of walking straight to him i I got on the side of the ridge like three quarters away up the hill so I wasn't skylining myself, and I put myself in a position where it would be easy for him to come check me out, uh, which, again, you'll hear the full story on that on Monday. But, but yeah, that's exactly what I did. I dropped off the side, and that's really the only reason I killed that turkey is because of that motion right there. But that's especially important in more open, like, hill country, especially before yeah. leaf out because you can see across valleys and stuff. I mean, where I was this morning is pretty mountainous, and, I mean, you can see – way through there i mean way 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 through there i mean you can get busted at 400 yards through that stuff uh so definitely using terrain to your advantage is a yeah that's huge and one other thing i was going to say um with that in mind you know a lot of the time terrain i I personally like areas with some terrain because i think it makes it a little bit easier to pin where birds are at yeah Um, last year i had a lot of trouble hunting some birds that were in some bottom one areas i just could not figure out where they were at but, um, I will say with that in mind though, a lot of the time and in the past I've done it a lot. Um, you know, if you're coming up over a ridge or something and you know, there's a bird there, it's very tempting to get up on top of the ridge and call so that you can hear a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But if there's any chance at all that that bird is going to be able to see you once you crest that ridge, it's way better to just sit on the backside and call. Um, there's been several situations where I, ended up cresting the ridge and just completely busted the bird because he was a lot closer than I thought because he was on the backside of the ridge 
and maybe he was coming to me a little bit, or maybe he was just, you know, gobbling down into the ridge whenever he was standing up there. But he, either way, I've, I've had several hunts get messed up because I didn't just take the time to, um, to call before I crested the ridge. Yeah. I'll say the last thing about moving on a turkey, I'll say, is that, you know, if he's far away and you hear him gobble, and this is for really on the ground, like if, you, if you're on the ground and you hear him gobble, and you have a general idea of where he's at, you know, you can usually kind of book it to him. I mean, obviously don't make too much noise, but you can, you know, get to, uh, you want to get to where you're nearing getting in his bubble fairly quickly. Cause you know, there's, you only got so much time as he's drifting around, like from where he was when he gobbled. So you want to try and yeah. cut some distance, but then when you get close, you want to move really slow. And one thing that I've noticed over the years, which we do this for deer too, is when we're still hunting deer, if you if you take really small steps and you don't move your head and you just look with your eyes and you don't move your shoulders and you don't swing your arms and like your upper body is basically like stationary like it, it should look almost like your upper body is like floating through the woods and all you're moving is like the bottom parts of your legs like very slow extremely smooth uh, a lot of times when you're moving that slow the turkeys like you'll catch them before they catch you. But you have to be doing it, I mean, like, very, very slow. I mean, painfully slow. And if you're sneaking in on a gobbler and you don't know quite where he's at, but you know that you're close, I would definitely suggest doing something like that. Obviously, don't do it in the wide open. But if you got a little bit of cover, you can actually get away with a decent amount of movement, in my experience, uh, if you just do it right. Very, very slow and smooth, you know, keeping your limbs close to your body. Uh, I guess you might look like a tree trunk or something. I mean, I, I really don't know, but that's worked yeah. for me in the past. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say, you know, you mentioned like basically running to get to the bird pretty quickly, like when you first hear him. Um, I do think that depends a little bit on context because um, I know in the past, um, and it, you know, it depends on how close the bird is, how confident you are and where he is, a lot of different things. But I know in the past I've moved towards birds and then realized I was going the wrong way or I was – not going the exact way he was and and sometimes that doesn't matter um but you know keep in mind the context of the situation is this a bird that is you know that was the first gobble of the morning well there's been times that i've heard a gobble thought i mean heck we had a hunt last year whenever i put us you know we were right underneath those roosted birds we heard a gobble 300 yards away and i mean i'm not going to say we were like fixing to get up and move on him but we're thinking I mean, about there's it. been times in the past when I would have moved on that bird and we would have busted a bird that was like 70 yards from us. Yeah. Just thinking like, Oh, he must've moved in the night or something. So, so that's one big thing. You know, if, if it's still early in the morning, I think you're better to err on the side of like letting the woods wake up a little bit just to hear and make sure that there's not either a bird closer. Um, and to make sure that there's not, you know, that you know exactly where he is. But if you're just walking around in the woods and strike something, I think that um, you're exactly right. Like, go ahead and make a move on him because he's not, he's probably not going to sit there gobbling again if he's already on the ground and it's nine o'clock or something like that. I mean, he may, but your odds of calling him in are much better if you just go ahead and get close and then call. So um, I I guess just context matters with how quick you move on a bird, too. Yeah. Um, So we'll we'll run through these last ones pretty quick. Uh, one guy said, whether say rain quits around eight and sun comes out, what is your game plan? Uh, I think you'll probably have the same thing as me. Generally speaking, go to an open area if you got one. 
uh, yep. like gas line, <laughs> greenfield, power line, you know, pasture, edge of a brand new cutover. Dave Owens talks about if there's none of that in the area, then old roadbeds do well too. We'll get out just somewhere because, mm-hmm. you know, a turkey is like a big bird and they got a lot of feathers. And when they get wet, they're like heavy. And the, I don't think they necessarily like to travel a bunch maybe when they're wet. So they like to get out kind of in those roadbeds where they can shake off. And, and they're not yep. going to be like pressing up against wet vegetation you know, where, you know, if it's dry, they might be down in a creek bed where, you know, they might have to be squeezing through, you know, leaves and cane and whatever else is down there. Yeah. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Um, the only thing, um, and this is something very pertinent this spring because it spring has come kind of early, um, at least in Alabama it has. Um, if you are in a situation, because I've seen a lot of people say, oh, go to a field when it's raining, and I, I completely agree with that except when the field has grown up um, because while turkeys will sometimes get in a field that, you know, let's just say a wheat field or a clover food plot or something that has vegetation that's like, I don't know, two, three foot tall, they'll get out in that some when it's not wet. But when it's soaking wet, it seems like they avoid that like the plague because that just is just going to wet them further. So I think, you know, they certainly do go out in fields, but just make sure that it's a field that's not going to make them more wet than if they just stayed in the woods. Yeah. Um, another guy said mid-morning tactics, starting with locator calls, then having to cold call. Uh, we'll, we'll actually, I'll refer you back to our last episode we did with uh, Chris Jenkins. We talked a lot about cold calling and trying to strike up a bird midday. So uh, go listen to our last episode we posted last Monday with Dr. Chris Jenkins, and uh, I think you'll have your answer on that one. Um, another one, let's see, public land turkey hunting etiquette. I got a fan – this morning is a fantastic example of that for me, but I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, so, um, you know, there, there's a couple of ways that you can approach it. I mean, there's certainly folks that are just adamant about, hey, if there's somebody, you know, if there's somebody parked here – um, I'm not going to hunt there. And I think when in doubt, that's the way to go. But you also got to think about the context a little bit. So, I mean, if you've got, cause there are some public lands where you may have the end of a road that, uh, you know, is, is situated to where there's a gate and there may be 10 or 15,000 acres behind that gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about like a classic example is, uh, is big Cypress, like, uh, down in Florida, which I'm certainly not an, I'm not good at hunting big cypress, but I mean, if you, if you just avoided every single gate that had a truck there, you'd never get out of your truck because there's literally only, I mean, there's probably only like 10 gates down there, some 10 or 20 gates total um, or something like that. So I I think that you got to use a little bit of common sense on this. Um, The biggest thing to me is, you know, if it's just a small area behind a gate, I'm not going to go there if there's a truck parked there. Um, I try to think about, you know, if somebody's parked somewhere, I try to think about where they're going to go. So I'm not just going to go 200 yards down the road and cut in. Um, but at the same time, you know, sometimes stuff happens. And if you end up walking in somewhere and you hear somebody calling and they're on a bird, um, I would say back out at the very least, I wouldn't move any closer to them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing is just trying to use common sense and just trying to avoid going to to areas where somebody else is on a bird because again you know it's going to happen eventually but when you recognize that you've messed up you know don't make a big deal out of it don't make a fuss just ease yep. on out of there if you see the person apologize to them but you know 
just use common sense. I mean, if it's yeah. like a 20 acre parcel, don't pull up next to somebody's truck and get out crow calling. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a peckerhead. That's the easiest yes. way to put it. <laughs> exactly. This, so this morning is a good example of this. I go out there and I get out there at 5 a.m. I mean, typically I get to gates in turkey season, especially on weekends. I'll get to a gate between 4.30 and 5 a.m., usually, you know, earlier than later. But this morning I was running a little bit later, uh, and someone beat me to the gate. They were there at 5.05. This this guy, this so this is a good example of what you were talking about. There's a, a long, very big, long ridge that, that goes down um, towards this, like, water body, and there's a bunch of spur ridges that come off of it. And it's just primo turkey habitat. It looks fantastic on the map. And I really wanted to hunt it. And it's several hundred acres. I mean, plenty of room for two people to hunt in there. But because of the context, this place is like very open, uh, like super open woods. It's just like a bigger landscape than than other stuff. Like this, if this is where I killed my first turkey of the year, and it was like the swampy kind of thick stuff, it'd be a different story. But this is very, very open. You can see way all the way down the mountain on both sides. And even though it's a couple hundred acres and it should be able to house two people, you know, if I'd walked to the end of the road and if I'd walked half a mile farther than him, we could probably still be hearing the same turkeys. So then that might create some kind of weird friction there. So uh, I just, I said, you know what? He beat me to the gate. It's just a turkey. There's no need for me to like cause a fuss about it. You know, it's, it's just, we're all out there to have fun. You can't get mad at him for beating you there. So then I go to another gate. There's two guys at that gate. And then I had a third spot in mind, but this third spot was kind of in between the other two, and I didn't have enough room, given the context of the woods, where I felt like I could get on a bird that they wouldn't be getting on, basically. So I thought there was a very good chance that I would end up running into those guys or possibly messing up their hunts. So I definitely didn't want to do that. So I just I went on down the road, picked a brand-new spot you know, that morning that I hadn't scouted before, and I wound up killing a turkey. So... Um, just know that when you go out there, if you do get beat to a spot, first of all, you know, that first guy that beat me to my spot, I mean, I could have probably gotten out and talked to him and been like, Hey, you know, I've done this before where I'll talk to him and say, you know, just tell me wherever you want to go and I'll avoid you. And I'm not asking like, are you going to this holler? I just say, are you going to hunt like, you know, uh, the left side or the right side of this Valley or something like that? Uh, just something like super general, so they're not giving up any information they don't want to give up. But, you know, if they're friendly about it and everything, then maybe we can both hunt in there. It's just, you have to feel it out. Just be friendly and talk to people, you know. And don't be mad if he's like, no, I want to hunt all this myself because I beat you here. Because that's fine, he beat you there. Um, but uh, another way I kind of do it is by like kind of in hill country, like drainages and watersheds. So you'll you'll have like a ridge, and typically there's going to be a creek on both sides of that ridge. If a guy's working that main ridge, then I generally say that kind of both of those creek bottoms, you know, there's a pretty good chance he'll be in either one of them. So I'll just avoid, you know, that that main ridge and the two creek bottoms on both sides of it and maybe go to the next one. But that's difficult to explain. That really takes, like, experience to really kind of get that down, I would say. Um, yep. The more you turkey <laughs> hunt, the more that the more you'll, like, understand public land etiquette and all that. Um, yeah, and I mean, the good thing is, y'all, this is – you know, as much as, as much as a lot of turkey hunting is not in your control, me and Andrew are very similar in this. Like the one thing that is in your control is where you hunt. I mean, cause I guarantee I can beat whoever I want to, to a gate. Now I may not do it every time, but I could have beat him to the gate and you could beat whoever to the gate too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying you got to be out there at 2 AM. Um, 
which I may or may not be on Saturday, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but the number of guys that roll up at like 30 minutes before sunrise, it's like, well, no wonder you didn't get the spot you wanted to go to. And then you're stressed out and, you know, worried about not getting where you want to go. So yeah. I think that, uh, I don't know. I think that, um, that's something that you can control pretty easily. Just get there early. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got three more we're going to do. Uh, favorite tactic for trying to kill one off of the roost. Um, I would say pretty much what I did the other day, you know, like if you, if you don't have one roosted and if you have one hammered on the roost and you know kind of where he's at and he's gobbling pretty consistent, just get as close as you possibly can to him. Um, and just kind of get to a spot where you could picture him going, you know, like don't, don't put it like a briar patch between you and him. Don't put a creek between you and him. Just try and get up there as close as you can and go to a spot where it'd be like very easy for him to come to you. Uh, because the harder it is for him to make it to you, the less he wants to come to you. Um, if you have one roosted, then Mark, you've done a lot more roosting than me. So you want to give a quick explanation on that? Uh, yeah, I hadn't done a lot of killing off the roost, but, um, I think the biggest thing is first off, yes, you can roost birds in Alabama. Um, I hear a lot of guys talk about not being able to, you know, not having birds gobbling in the evening. I mean, I'm not going to say they're hammering every evening, but most of the time, if I go out and put my ears on a bird, you know, that I hear fly up or something like that, he's probably going to gobble at least a couple times. And so I just try to pull Onyx out, uh, get him pinned as close as possible. And then from there, you know, the next morning, just try to try to think through where he's going to fly down. Um, and I mean, it's, it can be pretty tough. I mean, we've, we've had some tough situations with this. Um, it really comes down to like knowing the area and honestly, just luck. I think, I think the biggest takeaway with, um, that I can give as far as roosting birds is if it doesn't work out right off the bat, no big deal. Cause it's mostly based on the luck of where that bird wants to put his feet. Um, I mean, heck you even watch like, I mean, probably one of the best turkey hunters in the in the country right now is dave owens if you go back and watch all his videos that he hunts under a roosted turkey he doesn't kill them right off the roost more often than not yeah i mean it happens sometimes but like a lot of time the bird drifts off the biggest thing is just let the bird drift off and do its thing and don't get impatient yeah patience is the name of the game uh let's see when hunting public land how much room should you give other hunters that gets crowded where i hunt we just answered that one uh, Jacob Emery said, where are all these damn turkeys at in Alabama? <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, oh, Andrew's killing them, so. That's right. Me, me, and, uh, me and Devin Duncan killed all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last question. You may have covered this already, but tips for an amateur slash beginner turkey hunter from my buddy Tom Morse. Tom, need to hunt with you, buddy. Um, I don't know. What, what, is, what are some of your main tips to, to wrap this up for like a new turkey hunter? Uh, so I would say um, the first one, I mean, it goes without saying for any type of hunting is just scout. Um, whether that means going out in the evenings, trying to listen for birds roosting in the morning, um, you know, looking for sign. All those things are really going to help you paint a picture and put you in areas with turkeys. Because if you're not in areas with turkeys, none of the rest of this stuff really matters. Um, the other thing I would say, um, number two, like don't overcall. I know that gets said a lot, but you know, if you get close to a bird, just give it a, give it a little bit of calling. I know in, in my day I've, I've overcalled to a lot more birds than I've, uh, you know, undercalled to, I feel like. And then yeah. the third thing, and this is getting a little bit more technical, but it's important because it's messed up probably more of my hunts than anything else. 
you think of several birds that should have died if I had done this. If a bird is gobbling and all of a sudden he stops and it's, you know, contextually like he was gobbling good to you, you're fairly close to him. It seemed like he might have been coming in or at the very least he was staying interested. And all of a sudden he stops. Turn around, face where he's he was gobbling from and sit there for at least a decent period of time. I mean, I'm talking maybe 20 or 30 minutes at least um, because there's a good chance that bird's coming. Just because a bird shuts down does not mean that he is not coming because I've had lots of turkeys <laughs> that I should have killed again that uh, that did that exact thing. They just, they just gobble, 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 and then they just shut up. And I'm just sitting there kind of kicked back on the tree relaxing, and all of a sudden I hear footsteps, and they're behind me. Yep. So uh, I think that is a, you know, if there's one, like, little tactic thing that, you know, is real easy takeaway, you know, just a few words. If you hear a bird gobbling and he stops, face that bird because he might be coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, mine are going to be pretty much the same as yours there. I mean, uh, I, I can't really think of anything else. Those are, those are good points for sure. Don't overcall. Uh, well, I'll say this, uh, if there's, if you're hunting an area and you're just not hearing any gobbles, like we've gotten a few messages about guys who were like, they haven't fired up in my area yet or something like that. I would, I would leave and go find a new area. I mean, just my, my, like my case specifically, like down here where I'm at the parcel right next to my house, it's like I can out my door be there in 20 minutes. Uh, but I've just rarely get on good action there. I did kill one there the other day. But then, you know, I mean, probably, I'm not, I'm not kidding, probably nine times out of ten, I just don't get on turkeys in there. Um, yeah. So, And luckily, you've got another guy scouting it for you, basically, that was out there, like, every <laughs> other day and was like, oh, hey, Andrew, there's no turkeys out here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, <laughs> He's too stubborn to go anywhere else. Yeah, so I'll, I'll make the drive. I'll gladly make the drive and go somewhere else, uh, even if it, like, cuts into the total amount of time I get to hunt. You, you know, if the turkeys are acting right there, then I'll definitely go and just go somewhere else uh, try and get on some different turkeys uh yep, that and I, be patient yep people overthink turkeys a lot not to say there's not a lot to think about but you know there there's certainly a lot to appreciate with turkeys but you know if birds aren't gobbling quote unquote mm-hmm. you know i'm not going to say that birds don't gobble because sometimes they don't gobble but a lot of the time it's just the fact that you know i mean we can put weather and all that other stuff in there but usually birds will gobble at least a couple times most mornings unless it's just like absolutely terrible weather yeah so my last tip when we shut this down is uh go listen to the episode we just did with dave owens and the one we did with mike pentecost because there's a serious amount of knowledge on those especially for a beginner i mean like serious like mike pentecost said it best in the podcast he's like it's taken me my whole dang life to learn all this stuff and i'm just giving it to you he's like i'm just telling you so go listen to it you're getting a lot of knowledge there for sure yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, well, I need to go listen to those again because apparently I need to <laughs> relearn how to kill turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, Mark. Well, I appreciate you coming on with me. Uh, let's go kill a turkey here pretty soon. Sounds like a plan. Hey everybody, this is Kyle Veet, host of the Ozark Podcast. 
a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the southeast. If you're enjoying this show, then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark Podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.